Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast, and uh, I thank you for joining me. This is very important to me. I, I have more time on my hands to teach and to study than in any time ever in my life, and am I thrilled to be able to get to do this? And uh, I want you to help me. Help me tell people about it. Uh, subscribe to this YouTube channel and be sure to share this with your friends. Uh, ring the bell and get the notifications when a new podcast comes in. We're doing uh, 20 of these each month. So there may be a week here or there that we don't do them, but 12 times 20, that's 240 of these a year. And we will also be doing some special things from time to time. We'll tell you more about that when those things come along. And uh, you can opt into that if you want. And uh, so I want to thank you for joining me. Also, be sure to get the uh, email that comes to your home every day, every morning. There's an email that's associated with this. And you go to myfaithroots.com to sign up and to get it. And I want to start with reading 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And I jump around to different translations here, forgive me, but there are certain things I want to emphasize on different days. And this is the ISV, the International Standard Version. Um, it says, But as it is written, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, and no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. Basically, he's saying God does not communicate through the five physical senses. God communicates to us spirit to spirit. But God has revealed those things to us by His Spirit. That's exactly what Jesus said He would do in John chapter 4. He said God is a spirit. Those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. You know, worship is not the only spiritual activity we do. We learn about God. Learning about God is a spiritual activity. So Jesus could well have said this, that God is a spirit and those who would learn about Him must learn about Him in spirit and in truth. So we learn by the spiritual means that God has established to communicate to us, and that is with His Word. Now he goes on to say, For the Spirit searches everything, even the deep things of God. You know, this is what's fascinating about the Holy Spirit. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He is everywhere present. He fills everything. And, and so he's fully aware of everything at all times. And so nobody can search like the Holy Spirit. He is omnipresent. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12 says this, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God, so that we can understand the things that were freely given to us by God. And uh, the things freely given to us by God are really what this podcast is all about. I want to teach you all those things God's given you. And I'm not just talking about stuff. Sure, God cares about your, your, your finances. God cares about your health. God cares about every aspect of your life, your children, all of that. God cares for you. But more importantly than that, God cares about your spiritual welfare. He cares about your spiritual strength. He cares about how strong you are in joy. He cares about how strong you are in peace. He cares about how strong you are in faith. All of those things are important to God because when you get those things right, the other things will fall into place. Now, the Holy Spirit communicates with a particular language. And it's very, very important that you get this. And uh, some might say, well, he, he communicates by an unknown tongue. 
Well, that has to have an interpretation. There is a more sure vocabulary by which he communicates. And Jesus himself taught us how to recognize this vocabulary and that the Holy Spirit would use it and the manner of operation of communication. And he taught us this before any of this was released. He said, the Holy Spirit's going to talk to you in code. See if you can pick it up. Here it is from John 14, 26. But the helper, comforter, uh, perkletos, one who is called alongside to help, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and listen to this, and remind you of all that I have told you. So basically, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to teach you what has been written in the Scripture, all that I have told you. Well, you don't know that other than through the Scripture. Here we are in John 16, verses 13, 14, 15. Yet when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own accord. He will speak whatever He hears and will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. That is why I said he will take what is mine and will declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit is in the business of revealing spiritual things, things that God gave to Jesus. And, 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 and see, this is what's so very important. We are in Jesus now this is, is some a very important lesson. It's called the law of identification. In other words, God treats the followers of an individual that he makes a deal with like the person he made the deal with. Uh, that's what you see with Abraham. God treated Abraham's offspring, his son Isaac, his son after him Jacob, Jacob's 12 sons, God treated them the way that He treated Abraham. This is because of identification. God made a covenant with Abraham. We're going to get into this in a future series. So this is the law of identification. Jesus was already right with God. He was already in heaven. He was already seated with God. But He came to this earth and became a human. He took upon Him flesh and blood, and lived like us, was tempted in every way, like us. Jesus felt the human condition in its entirety. He did not do this so He could know us better. Jesus already knew us inside and out. He did this so that we could know Him, but not only so we could know Him, so we could experience Him. Now, when God raised Jesus from there, well, let me back up a minute. When God sent Christ to the cross and ordained that He go to the cross, that was us on the cross with Christ. Paul said in Galatians 2, I am crucified with Him. In other words, when Jesus died on the cross, I died on the cross with Him. When Jesus was raised from the dead, I was raised from the dead. When Jesus was seated at God's right hand, I was seated at God's right hand. And when Jesus was given all of these wonderful things from God the Father, 
I was given all of these wonderful things from God the Father. That is the law of identification, and you see it. You see it even in the negative. When Adam sinned, the whole world became guilty before God. The whole world fell when Adam fell. That's the law of identification. That seems pretty harsh, doesn't it? But let me tell you what's brilliant. It's brilliant because one man's sin brought the world down, but one man's obedience and sacrifice on the cross brings it all back. And so if God deals with every one of us individually, then every one of us has to die for our own sins, and that doesn't happen. Um, None of us are worthy to die for our own sins. Jesus came and did that for us. So this is an amazing thing. We are identified with Christ. Now the Holy Spirit, when He comes to talk to us, He's going to speak the written Word of God. He'll never, ever contradict anything that is written in Scripture. He will always confirm the words of Scripture. And this is a lesson that you have to get. This is one of the first lessons I learned. I had been saved for about three weeks, and uh, uh, my dad told me I couldn't go to church anymore. And uh, there are a number of circumstances that surround that that I won't go into, but I went back and forth between my parents, living with my mom for a while, my dad for a while, and uh, my dad really didn't want me around my mom's family, and they were the ones in that church. And I went to that church. I was uh, saved at another church, but I went to that church where my grandma was. And I'm telling you, it was medicine to my soul. And, and God started ministering to me in that church, and I knew I had to be there. Well, Dad came along just out of the blue and said, no more church. Now, this was hard to understand because my dad caught me that very season in life at a New Year's Eve party in, in our home. And I had a bunch of kids over, and he came home early and found us all over the house, and we had girls in there, and, and he never said a word. Uh, I, I, I came home drunk. My dad never said a word. He never said anything about my behavior until I started going to church. And I said, Dad, if you won't let me go to church, then I will leave because I'm going to go to church. And he wouldn't budge. So I gave up my car, and I moved out, and I went to go live with my mother, who was addicted to uh, prescription drugs. And uh, so I lived there, and it was not a great atmosphere, but I did have permission to go to church. And as I was hitchhiking to go see my pastor on a, the night my dad told me I couldn't go to church anymore, it was a blinding rainstorm, and it was I got soaked to the bone, 21 miles over to my pastor's house. He lived right next door to the church. Uh, as I was coming back, I, I, I was wondering, you know, what's going on? My life seems to be falling apart. Uh, I followed God, and now I'm getting all this trouble. But listen to what happened. I had just read a verse a few weeks before. Hadn't been saved, but maybe three, four weeks And this is what it said. The apostles left the council, Acts 5.41, rejoicing to have been considered worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of that name, the name of Jesus. I realized I had been counted worthy to suffer shame for the name of Jesus. I can't tell you what that did for me. See, as a young person, I'd been taught that when you do the right thing... Older people approve. Well, I did the right thing, and older people did not approve. In fact, I had several older people who tried to talk me out of following God, not directly, but but by making decisions that would keep me from following God. And I'm telling you that I learned that the Holy Spirit confirmed the Word. Now, in those early days, I did not feel saved. I, I believed my feelings instead of the Word of God. 
And uh, some days I felt saved, and sometimes at church I could feel the Holy Spirit, feel the presence of the Lord. But when I would get home and get alone or get at school, I, I just I didn't feel God. And I felt like, okay, he's upset with me, and I'm not really saved. This is what the Scripture says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. So if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For a person believes with his heart and is justified. That means not guilty. And a person declares with his mouth and is saved. Now, I was struggling, but my uncle, who was a pastor, happened to come into my life at that time, and this is what he taught me. He said, you have to believe God's Word more than you believe your feelings. Well, I was a 17-year-old kid with no knowledge of the Bible at all. So what do you think I trusted? I trusted my feelings. But this is the life that I lived by trusting my feelings. I lived on a spiritual roller coaster. Some days I felt great. Some days I didn't. Some days I felt like God was with me. Some days He wasn't. And I got tired of living like that. And when my uncle taught me those verses, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, and I saw that there were two qualifications that I had to meet. I had to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and I had to confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is my Lord. I did them both. He asked me, did you do that? I said, yes, I did. He said, you're saved. I said, but how do I know it? He said, because God can't lie. When he said that, I learned something. I learned that I had to believe what is written in God's Word more than my own feelings. And here's what happened. My own feelings changed, and I began to bring my feelings into line with God's Word. Now pay attention to this statement. Don't let it trip you up. The Bible is a book of stories about people who trusted their own feelings and their own inclinations more than the Word of God. I'm going to make a second statement. The Bible is a book of stories about people who trusted God's Word more than their own feelings and their own inclinations. The first group failed to thrive, and at worst, they fell into depravity. The second group triumphed over darkness. They triumphed over fears and unbelief. And they left a testimony of victory that we can all follow. What kind of a person do you want to be? Do you want to trust your feelings or do you want to trust what God says? When you realize that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you through the written Word of God and you learn to trust that written Word more than you trust your feelings, your whole life will turn around and the spiritual roller coaster is over. That's all the time I have today, but don't miss the next podcast. We're going to get deeper and deeper into this. And I, these are some of the most important spiritual lessons you will ever learn. And if you haven't already, go to MyFaithRoots.com and sign up for that free email devotional that comes every morning to your email. And uh, it goes right along with this teaching. It'll be something written that you can put with this. Thank you very much. See you tomorrow.